When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? of fear. My advice is flee, keep suitcases near. Vacate the premises, placate your innocence. Fate is unpretty, we embrace All right, well, we're back with another episode of the Double Count Out Wrestling Podcast here at Geekscape. Uh, special thanks to Mega Ran for the use of his song Run, which is on the first of the two Matt Mania albums. Definitely go ahead and check those out. Guys, next week is Royal Rumble, so I feel like that has got to be the main thing that we talk about on this one. Yeah, definitely. We're going right into WrestleMania season, we have Raw 25 coming up in a couple of days. And oh, I'm so excited for that. Yeah, it seems like it's just like a real big week for WWE right now, kind of moving into the biggest part of the year, essentially. Yeah, the thing with, with Raw 25 that's interesting to me is that I can't decide if it's going to greatly affect the Royal Rumble card or mm-hmm. not affect it at all. Like yeah, It's going yeah. to be one of those two. Like everyone, like so many legends and so many, even people that have recently departed coming together so close to the Royal Rumble, like I feel like it would be weird for one or two of them to not hang around for a week or two uh, just to make to make that appearance. I'd love to see them do this is going to sound crazy, but do like a WWE Legends Battle Royale, kind (laughs) of like how they did like the uh, the 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 gimmick Battle Royale. Um so it should be pretty interesting. But first, let's talk about NXT TakeOver because there's only four four matches to discuss uh, at this time. Um, obviously, there's still another week for, for that to change, but kind of doubtful. Um, we've got, first up, Undisputed Era versus the Authors of Pain. If, if I'm going to be a betting man, Undisputed Era is holding on to those belts. Authors of Pain are very badly needed on the main roster soon. Um, you think they'll come up soon? I think so. I think that I think that SmackDown is where they're heading. Honestly, I think that the Bludgeon Brothers are going to get those belts sooner rather than later, and then it's going to be the story of authors of sorry, authors of pain taking those belts away. 
Yeah, I can see that. Like, with there was that period after the authors lost the titles where they were off of NXT TV for like a month, and most people assumed that they were getting the call up then. But of course, we know now that they came back and everything. And I also don't really see Undisputed Era losing at this point. And since the authors of Pain are still booked so dominantly, that's going to be a huge win that they need for their credibility while simultaneously helping send them off to the main roster. So if it doesn't happen right after takeover, it'll definitely happen post mania. But one way or another, I feel like this is their big like swan song in NXT before moving up. Yeah. It just seems like there's only so many times that you had the, the former tag team going back for the belts over and over again. And it just feels like this has to be like the send off. You know what I mean? This is the, the, you know, they go home staring at the lights type deal. And then they're, they're on the main roster. Not too long after, um, I wouldn't even be shocked if they pop up in the Rumble, to be totally fair. Yeah, um, I feel like that would be a cool surprise for sure. At least one of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're one of those teams that you need to get to the main roster right away before before creative has a chance to, like, ascension them and, like, change change what makes them entertaining. Oh, God. Um, Watch them come out dressed as, like, Tugboat and Earthquake or some shit. <laughs> I want, I mean, I'll tell you who I want on the main roster as soon as possible, but I don't think it's going to happen is Sanity. I think Sanity is going to take the main roster by storm when they go out there. You know, the thing that I'm worried about, the thing I'm worried about with Sanity is that as a group, they're all so good, but I feel like if they're on the main roster, we will run a huge risk of Vince seeing Killian Dane and being like, well, he's the only one that we need to bother with. And then then like Eric Young just gets kind of pushed aside or swept under the rug or treated like a joke kind of like how in the later days of the shield where ambrose was kind of just treated as the fall guy for a while yeah so but i mean but yes sanity is another one like the authors of pain where i feel like they've accomplished pretty much all that they can in nxt except for maybe nikki winning the women's title which i don't think is happening anytime soon with Shayna and Kyrie around so yeah i totally see them getting the call up soon I feel like Nikki Cross would make a great addition to the women's division right now too. Like she's just very different from personality wise from anyone else that's that's around. We'll, and... we'll get into that soon because I feel like with the with it being a thirty woman rumble and there only being twenty active women wrestlers, we're gonna they're gonna have to pull women off the streets. Yeah, there's gonna be at least I'm gonna say at least three legends. That's not the first time they've hired women in the company that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the whole the whole hoe train is gonna, is gonna make an appearance. So, speaking about women in the NXT Women's Champion, is there any chance that Ember Moon is losing her belt in uh in Philadelphia? You think? I not not this soon. I think she is. Um, they have so much hype with Shayna that, like, it's it's really odd booking for NXT to put a newcomer in the title match this quick, and if they're getting this. If they're getting so behind her so quick, especially with the rumors of Ronda appearing in the Women's Royal Rumble, I think they're just going to pull the trigger on it and push towards a, like a big rematch between Kyrie and um, and Shayna. Okay, I mean that makes sense, and I feel like what would be different is if I if I recall correctly, like the 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 NXT Women's Champion title has like really never had a transitional champion before. If you look at, like, the, the reign on that, like, who, the, the time that people have held it, let me scroll down real quick, but I'm pretty sure everybody's 
Yeah. The shortest reign currently is Ember Moon with 61 days. The next shortest reign is Sasha Banks with 192 days. Like, it is a belt that when you win it, you hold it for a while. So I do think it'd be interesting to see it kind of used as a, like, have a transitional champion for once. Yeah, not just that, but I feel like Ember has defended her title more often than most of the other champions in between takeovers. That's true Which too. Part of me also kind of feels yeah. like they don't want to make her look like a complete like nothing champion. So let's give her a few wins, a few successful defenses on NXT TV, so that when she does lose it at her first takeover, that we could at least say that she beat like Peyton Royce and a few other people for it in between. Also, Peyton Royce, the, the if the dynamic duo doesn't make an appearance in the Women's Royal Rumble, I'm going to be very heartbroken. <laughs> who's who's the dynamic duo? That's, uh, oh, that's right. What the hell's their name? Uh, iconic. <laughs> iconic. Iconic duo. I was like, is that Batman and I mean, Robin? They're, they're yes. pretty dynamic. <laughs> uh, do you guys think if so? If Ember loses at Takeover, do you think that we'll see her in the Rumble? Like, do you think we'll see her being called up, or do you think she's got more time to spend at NXT? I feel like at the like it's interesting because we need to see we need to see people move at least into the rumble because of how many women they, the, the, the company has as a whole. But I also feel like, like where does NXT stand right now in terms of how many women could they afford to lose permanently to the main roster? I think that you're going to have a couple people that just make these, these one night only pop-ups in the rumble. There'll maybe be one or two that stick around. I think, I think Ember Moon will be up right after WrestleMania. I think that throwing her on the card before WrestleMania would be kind of detrimental because she doesn't fit into any story. Yeah, but true. you could you could bring her up literally the Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania, and really start to make it like okay, well, 2018 is going to be the Ember Moon year now, like, and kind of build that like build a big rematch of her versus Oscar again. I still think that. Ember Moon is the only logical person to actually beat Asuka in all of the women's division. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to see that. I'd like to see that storyline carry over and kind of, or, or it never happens. I would love, I would love for Ember Moon and Asuka to be like the women's version of Shawn Michaels and, and the undertaker. So where it's just like, it's the one white whale that Ember Moon can never take down on the subject of Asuka. What do you think are the chances that her streak gets thrown away during the mixed match challenge? So I, I think that they don't win, but I think that if, if the Miz is the one getting pinned, it, is it technically her losing? Yeah. I don't know if that like, counts. That, is that the, is that the loophole there? And you know, if like, I don't, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this shortly, but I don't expect her to win the rumble either and so i don't think and i don't think that's that that would count as a traditional loss either yeah it'd be like a never been pinned thing it's the same way that like brock was undefeated after beating the undertaker but also didn't win like royal rumbles and stuff (laughs) yeah there was a i think oscar did lose a battle royal in nxt okay so even then she's already lost like a battle royal it's not like a completely spotless record as it is as long as she doesn't take the pin and you could absolutely play that up as like the Miz being selfish. You know what I mean? Like the Miz refusing to tag her in yeah. and eating mm-hmm. the pin. So she, then it looks even less like it's her fault. I I assume they were going to win when I first saw the team come together. And then I saw that their charity was like an animal charity. And so I don't yeah, think that's going to be the one that WWE or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's not the one that WWE is going <laughs> to. It's like, who's, who's repping make a wish. Dude, yeah. Right. That first, that first, first match was super fun 
Oh, I didn't it was expect great. to have like being in the chat and everything was really really cool. So I, uh, it's it's unfortunate because I was really excited for that aspect, but Facebook Watch itself has only launched in the U.S., um, so I did not get to see it until it hit the network on Thursday. Um, so yeah. I, watched it on, I watched it on Thursday night though, and it was like it was something that was it was so interesting because the like all four par- participants like looked like they were having so much fun. Like I don't know if it was like this less because it was just for Facebook or because it was this, it, there wasn't a storyline involved or whatever, but it almost felt like house show-ish in that it looked like everyone, like everyone was just having a good time and they took their time and, and I really enjoyed almost every aspect of it. What was also really cool was like, so, so I'm not sure if Josh was in the chat when it was happening, but no, I wasn't able to watch it live. Oh uh, dude, watching it live in the chat was really cool because Becky Lynch and Sami Zayn were constantly posting in there and like, talking trash to the oh, other no two way. teams and that was really cool and people were like freaking out that like the other people that are in it are like talking trash in the chat to the people that are wrestling um i am not ashamed to say that on two different occasions i plugged horror movie night while in the chat because <laughs> 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 people people were like man i'm watching this while doing blah 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 and i was like i'm editing the uh, newest episode of horror movie night while watching this and then a couple seconds later just hmnpodcast.com <laughs> so this is so next up i think is going to be what's the match of the night uh there's no way that alistair black versus adam cole doesn't steal the show entirely that's going to be huge and i i have no cl- i'm thinking adam cole but that's a t- that's a tough ass choice because those are two people they're doing a lot of work on protecting like the overall mystique character of you know what i mean yeah i feel like I feel like the odds are definitely shifting towards um, Cole, though. I feel like I feel like they were getting Alistair Black's undefeated streak out of the way by having him be the one to take the pin in that four way when yeah. there was like two other people that could have easily done it if they were really interested in keeping him mm. undefeated. Whereas with Cole, it seems like they're really grooming him and his entire stable to be like the next like big force in the company. So with presumably sanity being taken out of the picture well they kind of already have been and then with these call-ups that we're assuming are going to happen soon it seems like a perfect time to really groom cole to be the next nxt champion which of course will lead to our talk later about the championship match but i really do feel like that that's the direction they're now yeah it's it's i gotta say nxt right now i don't know i don't know what happened but there was this period where NXT just kind of felt like it was trying to get its own legging back from like having all these people taken off of taken off of the show and put on the main roster. And now there's like it just feels like you blinked and it went from like a bunch of people getting their footing to like nine people that are absolutely main main show ready already. Like mm. Alistair Black, Lars Sullivan, all of Sanity. Like, all of these people are just like, yeah, no, they are ready. Get them on the main roster. Like, they are ready to go. And now with the announcement of, like, War Machine and and Ricochet, like, there's at least some space to move these newer faces into NXT if they do have another big, like, upheaval. But, yeah, I think Adam Cole's got more longevity in NXT right now. I think Aleister Black is not going to ever hold the NXT championship, and I think he's just going to... I think he's literally just waiting for the for the phone call at this point because he's got it all, man. He's got the theme, he's got the entrance, he's got the like that. That I mean, 
I, I've said it before, but that him in the Velveteen Dream match, that was just that like, was phenomenal. It was just star making for both guys. You're just like, there's nothing that I dislike about either one of these human beings. Yeah, which is even more baffling, though, with them taking Velveteen Dream off of TV for a month. And they said he was hurt, but everything that I was reading was saying that it was like a storyline injury and he wasn't really hurt. That they just wanted to take him off of TV for a while. Well, I do like that they're they're already setting up Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream uh, in the most in the last episode that I had seen of <laughs> NXT, so that makes me a little excited too. I like uh, I, I like where that's going because I love Johnny Gargano, and speaking of Johnny Gargano, I don't think he's going to win that belt. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Either. I I don't think so, but I think it'll be due to interference. Like they'll do a finish because the whole storyline up to this point has been that nobody believes in him, so it'd be kind of stupid right. to actually have him just flat out lose. So either I don't Velveteen think Dream. Yeah, I, I think Velveteen Dream does it. It should be Champa, but I don't think he's ready yet. I think he's still hurt. So if not him, then most likely Velveteen will interfere and cause. Because it was supposed to be Velveteen's slot. Remember, he replaced. I think it would make total sense because Johnny Gargano replaced Velveteen Dream in the in the qualifying match. Yeah, for sure. So, so it's like storyline. It makes perfect sense. And that would be another reason why they would have said he was hurt when he really wasn't, just to set up the storyline. Yeah. So that's. That's pretty sweet. Now, before we move into the main roster, I, I did have a few things that I wrote down that I think are worth mentioning. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have anything else that you want to bring up related to uh, to the main roster show or NXT, but I feel like we need to talk about Braun Strowman and Bobby Roode, who are easily the two big things that happened this week on on the main shows. Bra- the Braun Strowman angle on Raw was... It, <clears throat> it felt mostly pointless after he got rehired like 30 minutes later but like that half an hour or 45 minutes or whatever it was was so entertaining and i like at 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 the beginning i was like what if it's what if this whole episode is just brown smashing stuff for three hours and then (laughs) as he continued to smash more things including a real tv uh i just i just wanted it to continue and it was fantastic and like I just want him to say, get these hands all the time. <laughs> it is my new favorite thing in the world. There's a, they made a shirt of that. Yeah, there's a shirt. Yeah, oh, it's so good. And then, like, the grappling hook last oh, Monday. Like... So <laughs> but, like, like, he's just become this, like, like almost this, like, caricature where it's, like, he, he's just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. He's just this, like, incredible force of destruction to the point where they're, like, oh, the, the what was it that he flipped last time? Was it the ambulance? The, yeah. know, the ambulance, like the ambulance, wasn't big enough, so he needs to flip a whole semi truck this time. Uh, <laughs> oh, amazing! After like, after somehow unhooking it from the TV truck and pulling it forward, and then Kurt Angle's like reaction when he's like, "Those are twelve million dollars," and then he like runs out of the room. It was just laughably bad, but like so good at the same yeah. time. Like, I, it was funny and everything, but oh my god, the camera cuts are driving me crazy. Like they oh, did yeah, like no, twenty camera great. cuts in a span of like five <laughs> seconds in that segment. Well, and then but, um, I see online there was like another there was just like a one angle cut of him flipping the truck and it looked way better because it was like it, it just looked more real because it wasn't constantly cutting to to try to hide whatever was going on like it was like a cell phone cam shot or something like that but it was like it looked really good my one buddy and a potential future guest on double count out if we ever decide to add some guest voices on here once in a while uh nicholas reed had a status that he wrote on Monday night that made me laugh out loud where he just said, Braun Strowman is the greatest pro wrestling character, full stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
and and Bobby Roode, I was genuinely shocked. Uh, I thought for sure they were going with Evil Foreigner as U.S. champion. Yeah, so did I. But I'm pleasantly surprised. Hopefully, this means that they'll do something more with Bobby Roode. But like, I thought I thought that whole thing kind of it felt kind of clunky as well, almost as if it was like 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 they've been pushing this this tournament so hard and like building to you know next week where it's the royal rumble go home right after raw 25 so they have to do something to you know make that show interesting after what's going to be a huge show for raw but like like to just be like let's just do this right now like it felt like it was one of those things where they were like oh we're not like we don't really care about this storyline anymore let's just finish it right now uh did did either of you get that vibe as well a little bit someone someone pointed out in one of the uh blogs that i read where they're like the the absolute two wrong people made it to the finals (laughs) like like it was just like because literally like mojo rawling is doing the best work of his life right now he's he's got that killer instinct yeah and like (laughs) xavier woods's whole like speech leading into it is just like the like it's like a it's a revamping of everything that made us love the new day like it would have been great to see those two but i think this is the right choice but i need i need a heel bobby Roode. the the baby face bobby Roode just does nothing for me well i mean it's it's hard for it to do anything when at this point his whole character has just been revolving around his entrance yeah, i was gonna it. say i feel yeah, like he's been he's felt almost boring since his since coming up from nxt yeah, was, and it's like, and with the two people that they you know picked for the finals, I I also thought Ginger was going to win, but at the same time, to me, it's kind of hard to get excited about Bobby Roode winning it when he literally just lost a feud for the same belt. Yeah, and it's like it it almost comes off as like you know he he already lost a feud for it, and then the champion didn't want the belt, so then he was like <laughs> taking Dolph's like hand downs. Essentially, it's like. At least if it was Jinder or someone who was completely unrelated with that feud, it would have been, it, you know, it would have felt like a new beginning for the belt. Mm-hmm. But instead, it kind of feels like a continuation of a storyline that people didn't really care about where the guy who lost the feud ended up with the belt somehow. Um, Can you, you might remember this better than I do, Josh. I'm trying to just, I think it was Bobby Roode, but it could have been Austin Aries. Do you remember, who was it in their NXT debut that basically had a baby face debut and turned heel in the middle of their first promo. Was that Bobby Roode? Cause I remember him, I remember him coming out and everyone was cheering and he was giving this speech about how glad he was to like finally be here in the WWE. And like the speech was like really long and kind of boring. And then like, once the crowd started to turn, he just snapped on them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was rude because Aries was face his whole NXT run, I believe. That's right. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. I vaguely remember Bobby Roode cutting a promo like that. Dude, that was so good. Like, it was the most... I've never seen some... Like, it was like Kevin... It was like Kevin Owens level of, like, you bring him in, he's a baby face, and within 24 hours, we are making him, like, such a hateable heel. (laughs) Yeah. But then then they instantly gave him, like, the coolest entrance in the whole promotion, so then everyone cheered him (laughs) in. God, that theme song is so fucking good. One last thing before we jump into the Royal Rumble predictions, because I feel like that's going to take up a decent chunk of time on this episode. Uh, Last week's episode, I mentioned that I was going to watch all 30 Royal Rumbles um, before uh, the the current Rumble starts, and that there'll be an article on Geekscape. By the time this episode drops, the article should be out or will be out very shortly. So keep checking geekscape.net for that. Um... But I wanted to say a few quick things about it. 
The biggest one being um, controversial statement. Rewatching uh, Royal Rumble 2014, it's not that bad of a show. Like, like the winner is wrong. It should not have been Batista, but that's a really fun Royal Rumble. Like up until that point, it is a very good Rumble. Oh, that yeah, that was the year where that was one of many years at this point where everyone is expecting Daniel Bryan to come in, and <laughs> this time he just didn't show up. And yeah. that year, that year pissed me off because I remember WWE everyone from WWE apologists to like Stone Cold and Stone Cold's usually no I mean not usually he's always like nice about this kind of stuff but like Chris Jericho on his podcast is kind of being a dick about it and they were like but everybody in those positions were saying like well Daniel Bryan already wrestled Bray Wyatt it's everybody's fault for building up that expectation that he would be in there when he already wrestled and I'm like there's a thousand fucking examples of where a guy (laughs) wrestles on the show and then is in the Royal Rumble later one of which is was Roman Reigns last year when they made him number 30. Yeah. And they've done it too where like the champion, a guy who was in a title match in on the same show. I think one year Dolph Ziggler, it was Dolph Ziggler versus CM Punk and they fought for the WWE title in the like opening match on the Royal Rumble and then Dolph Ziggler was in the Royal Rumble later. Uh Chris Jericho 100% had a title match that he he uh <clears throat> he won. And then was also in the Rumble. Because I remember the commentary being like, what, how many belts does this guy need? <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, I'm, aside from the Daniel Bryan thing and the Batista thing, I remember being, like, to this day when I think about it, I'm especially bitter over the 2014 Rumble because everyone is so condescending about it. Like, you set yourself yeah. up for disappointment. Why would Daniel Bryan be in the Rumble when he wrestled already? And I was like, because almost every fucking year there's somebody who's wrestled. I mean, 2015 is way worse, though. And that's the yeah. thing. 2015 is really bad. That was the year Roman won, right? Yeah. Even removing who won, that Rumble itself just doesn't work. Like, the pacing is really weird. There's, like, at least t- 10 people. That's also when Bryan was in for, like, a minute, right? Yeah, Daniel Bryan's in there for 10 out. minutes. But there's literally 10 people who are in the ring for less than a minute. Wow. Like, it's so much like just Brit- Titus O'Neil is eliminated in four seconds. Like, that's when, like, Bray Wyatt just cleans house for the first, like, 11 numbers, but does nothing with his time in the ring, but just stand there and stare at the entrance. Like, And, and then Big Show work. just dumps everybody out like garbage and, yeah, like, towards was, the end of it. Yeah, it was just bad. It was poorly. It was like a really... that. It's not my least favorite, but it is, like, pretty bottom of the barrel. Um, But my number one, uh, I'll say it now. I mean, you can read the article for more of the justification, but the Rey Mysterio year was what I decided was my favorite one. I think that that one is just such a good storytelling Royal Rumble. Um, I love it. I love that one. Uh, And 92 is pretty high up there. Uh, the, The Chris Benoit year is pretty high up there. But... I'm pretty excited for this year and we're going to get into that in a second. But what I really like about this year is that it's a week away and I have some ideas of who's going to win, but this is probably the, the more than almost any other rumble. It is anybody's game. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) this is one of the years where it feels like there's no obvious winners. Yeah. And that's super cool. Mm. Because like Shinsuke yeah. feels like the obvious winner, but it's also like, well, they've done nothing with Shinsuke, so why, why now? Like, <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like Shinsuke is the obvious winner, but if he does win, it's going to be kind of flat because yeah. of how nothing he's been since losing to Jinder. Did you um, see that Daniel Bryan is currently on on like a uh, one of like 
one of the Vegas things. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they like yeah. they bumped. He was like at the bottom of the list, and all of a sudden this morning he became it's like the four third. to one or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. Before really jumping into predictions for this year, I just want to get a, opinions on a couple of things. There's like three sure. things of note from the last couple of weeks that have really stuck out to me. Okay. Let's I don't. <clears throat> so I don't know if if. Enzo is really injured or not? Like everyone's calling it a work. They're building like he's still going to be fighting. But if you did, you guys were you guys watching when whatever like the the supposed injury happened? Because it was Dude, like it looks horrendous. Like it was something where before <laughs> he reacted, because who who is he? Who is Cedric Alexander? Right? That's yeah, who he's, yeah. So he yeah. like like he did this his flippy suicide dive thing, and just like it looked like he landed with his foot like on Enzo's leg. And so before Enzo even reacted, I was like, oh, shit, like that looked really rough. And then but Enzo's like reaction where he was just like, like he was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, like not now. Like just was so believable that I was 100 percent convinced. They had me convinced with Naya for a little bit, too. To me, to me. Yeah, me, too. Yeah, yeah. But with that, I was like, I was like, oh, man, like that's, you know, that's horrible. Like that's like a cast thing almost where he's getting this big push right now. And that could could put it all to an end. But then they're, you know, then he's then then they go to a commercial break and he's on a little segment right after and they're still playing it up like he's injured, but he's going to be fighting at the Royal Rumble. So I don't, I don't know, like it was just a really surprising moment for me. And I was like, oh, man, like he's he's out for a while. And if it was if it is all a, like a if it's totally a work like that guy deserves like a slammy or something, because that was an incredibly <laughs> that was an incredibly believable performance. Well, yeah, luckily for Enzo, if he is really hurt, the company doesn't really care about the division, so they'll probably just keep the belt <laughs> on him anyway. <laughs> like, did you see? Did you guys watch it this week where Goldust beat like the entire uh, yeah, thing by some, himself? Yeah. That's so. I weird. was like, what the hell? Like, Goldust hasn't won a match. Like, he struggled to beat r Truth, and then now he's beating like cruiserweights in like three on one matches. Yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear about Ricochet's final indie match? Yeah, the crowd chanting uh, two hundred five live at him instead of like you deserve it or or no way or really. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I think I don't remember if it was a I don't remember if it was a tweet from Chuck Taylor or if. Um, or if they were setting, if they said it in the ring, but they, like, he like kicked him out of the ring and at one point and said like, enjoy two hundred five live or oh, something gosh. like that. I mean, that's it reminds bad, me though, of like, because it it is to the point where like two hundred five live is a fucking joke, and it's it sucks because it's probably some of the most talented guys in the entire company just hanging out in there doing yeah. nothing. Like, um, what what was it? Oh yeah. It reminded me of when Kenny Omega was talking about Kota Ibushi when he came back to New Japan. He said he made a comment about how Kota Ibushi left New Japan to live out his lifelong dream of becoming a Cruiserweight Classic participant oh. <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, it's it's a shame with how bad um, 205 Live has been doing. And, you know, in reality, I, li- I like Enzo, but his title run's not exactly helping things. No, not at all. Because he's not play. he's not that good of a wrestler. There's a lot of things and, that he's good at. He'd be a great manager. We've been I think everybody's yeah. been saying that forever, but he's just but, not I mean the thing that makes a dude in the ring. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the thing that makes it especially bad is yeah, he's not the best wrestler, but the storyline is literally that he's not a good wrestler, but he keeps finding ways to beat all these other mm-hmm. guys. So if the storyline is that he's not a good wrestler, but he's had the belt for like four months. Has it been that long already? something like that i mean he lost it he lost shortly like he lost it for a little bit and then he got it right right, yeah 
but he, you know, he's been in the title picture for months now and he's held the title for a very long time. So it's like, if the storyline is literally that he sucks as a wrestler and, but he's holding the belt for so long, it's like, how is anyone's going to take the division seriously? Not that they were taking it all that seriously before Enzo was in it, but at the very (laughs) least, like if you're going to have him be the champion for that long, try to give him a little bit more credibility. I mean, we can see he's not a good wrestler, but you don't have to tell us. I mean, that never stopped them from like pushing guys like Sid as a credible threat. That's like, yeah. imagine if like Sid was beating Hogan in 93 and it's like, well, Sid's a terrible wrestler, but he figures out ways to get the job done. That would make Hogan go and make Hogan look like shit. Like, you know, so it's like it, that kind of booking is really not helping. And then when you combine it with things like Goldust beating three guys in a three on one match, when Goldust is like the bottom of the, you know, the bottom of the barrel on the main roster, it's like, what are you? And then especially when you take guys like TJP, who was like their inaugural champion and the Cruiserweight Classic winner, and then his storyline right now is literally that he can't win, and he's like, I don't know. I could probably talk about two hundred five all day. I don't. I don't watch two hundred five live. Is he even? Because I don't feel. It, I haven't seen him on the roster, like main roster, in God knows how long. He just came back like two weeks ago, and okay. he lost. He lost to Grand Metallic, and his, and then he started. Th- throwing a fit like if you remember christian's old gimmick from like the oh early i saw that i, I saw that when he just started did he, he started like throwing shit around and everything yeah and then he was all on twitter saying oh grandma telly and that's another thing he's like talking shit about the show like he didn't he didn't say that the show sucked or anything but he gave the impression that the show's not important because he started tweeting later like oh you may have beat me on 205 live but i beat you at the cruiserweight classic when it counted and i'm like jeez oh, okay so now i really don't have a reason to watch a show because he gives a fuck it really sucks yeah, the wrestlers don't care the cruiserweight <laughs> classic is still in my opinion the best of all the tournaments they've done in the last like year or two it was yeah. such it was such a wonderful like moment in time where like it was handled exactly right like doing it week by week but like having these like big names that you never thought would ever wrestle in a WWE ring, like it was so fun, and like the U the the UK title was fun too. But they handled it exactly the way it needed to be done. Like it wasn't as as many notable guys, so you do it over one weekend. And then the, I mean the May Young Classic was like the most poorly handled tournament I've seen in a long time because it just yeah. kind of felt like no one cared, <laughs> especially with. Like in retrospect, even the Mae Young Classic was like half the participants were just NXT jobbers, essentially. Yeah. And right. and then you have people like Dakota Kai who were competitive in the Mae Young Classic, and then two months later she gets completely destroyed by Shayna. Yeah. It's like you know, it really doesn't didn't have a whole lot of credibility, and it's a shame with the UK thing too because they're doing absolutely nothing with the UK guys now, and. If you guys remember, the only reason there was even a UK division was because another company was starting a uh, like a wrestling streaming service that was primarily going to use UK wrestlers. So oh, WWE, is that why? Yeah, so WWE signed like all the biggest, like right after that, WWE signed all the biggest UK wrestlers that they could to exclusive mm-hmm. contracts. Pretty much, not not completely exclusive because all those guys can still wrestle like indies, but I think it was like TV exclusive. They couldn't oh, appear on televised shows. And they pretty much just made that division to take talent away from that potential competitor. And then as soon as their service, it was 
obvious that their service wasn't really going to take yeah. off or be much competition. That was when they also completely stopped using the UK guys. Mm. You know what? So it's now it's now? like they have a whole division that's just sitting there. I so here's what I would do, and I don't know if this will happen, but fuck it, I'll fantasy book for a second. If they're smart, Pete Dunn should be in the Rumble. I don't think he should win, but I think that you need Pete Dunn to show up in that Rumble and do what Pete Dunn does so well. And, yeah. like, all of a sudden, people are going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? He's got a belt? He's got the UK title? What the fuck's the UK <laughs> title? And then you can kind of use that to start to build, like, I think that you could do the UK title on Raw. I think that it would it would fit into the Raw. It would fit into Raw better than the Cruiserweights do. And mm-hmm. you have these hard-hitting wrestling matches like they've been doing with those UK title matches. And I think you could actually get people to care about that division very easily like way easier than you can with the cruiserweights i mean i feel like this is kind of beating a dead horse but i feel like that the cruiserweight should be on smackdown anyway no it should have been from the start i don't understand those guys would be so over on smackdown it's not even funny like the smackdown crowd is very and smackdown needs it man smackdown's really struggling with its storylines right now it needs some extra stuff that's not just shane versus daniel bryan right now (laughs) not just that but just from a business standpoint it's like 205 Live is filmed after SmackDown, but then they have Cruiserweight segments on Raw, so it's like they're flying out the division yeah. and having those guys work so many extra shows for a show no one watches. Yeah, it makes no sense. Just because they want to put it on Raw. Like, they really should just have it all on SmackDown. And like you're saying, maybe put the UK stuff on Raw. Well, and the UK division's so much smaller. And make it, make it not a division. Make it just, like, another belt, like the US title. It's the UK title, but, like... If someone that's not from the U.S. can win the U.S. title, I don't see why someone not from the U.K. can't win the U.K. title. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, just make it a belt that kind of matters. But since we're talking about the cruiserweight so much, do you think it's time for for Cedric Alexander? Do you think this is the moment for Cedric? Or do you think that Enzo's just going to find a way and keep on pushing forward until Mania? Yeah, I mean... It's like I said earlier already, um, I really don't think Enzo should have had the belt this long. And every time he defends it, I'm thinking that it needs to be taken off of him. And that's not any different this time. My only thing is that from like a storyline standpoint, I feel like Enzo should hold it for a while and they should make a really big deal when he definitively loses it to somebody you know new or important. And I feel like that's what they're kind of doing with uh, Hideo Itami. Yeah. But my... Like, from a storyline perspective, I think Enzo should win. But from just, like, a sensibility standpoint, I'm just like, you know, get the belt away from him yeah. and start re- trying to rebuild the division around someone who can actually wrestle. Because there's moments where people care. And that's, like, the thing that sucks is that there's these random matches where people are super invested suddenly because it's like, oh, these are great personalities and I like what's happening. And then and then they do nothing with it again. <laughs> Yeah, They never, like, ride that wave. I mean, someone pointed out, they were like, you know, you've got... You look, like, look at SmackDown's tag division as an example. Of, like, it feels like... It feels so confusing. You have months and months of these poli- the, these fashion file segments that become, like, the most over thing on the show. So you put it just on YouTube exclusively, and then only... Oh, yeah, that was, that was really yeah, disappointing. And then only have the fashion police <coughs> lose repeatedly to the Bludgeon Brothers, and then all of a sudden the crowd gets behind Rusev Day, so now suddenly the fashion police are going to be able to beat Rusev Day? Like, it just doesn't... Like, it's just like, uh, as soon as as soon as the crowd likes you, it's like, all right, well, time to make them lose. we got to teach them. 
Um, yeah, it's like, oh, they're they're more popular than we want them to be. Let's cut their legs out from under them. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. It's, that's, you know, that's the kind of shit that makes it hard for me to even get invested in WWE yeah. because it's like... <laughs> If I like the wrong thing, I know that they're going to take it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to pretend you got to pretend to not like it so that they push it harder. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a uni- I feel like it's a universe sending a message to me because I don't know if I told this story on a different podcast before, but like back in the mid 2000s, everybody that I really liked was having really fucked up shit happening to them. So I was like, you know, what? I should stop liking people or like or like <laughs> people that I actually don't like. Because I think MVP almost had a heart attack, and I really liked him at the time. I really liked Kennedy, and he got fired. And like Benoit was my favorite wrestler, and we all know what happened yeah. to him. So, are you uh, like, are you excited that MVP is going to be there on Monday? That was really head scratching to me. <laughs> I was like, who? Like fucking MVP? I mean, I still love the guy. I st- and I'm a big fan of his work, but that seems like such a weird thing. Like he hasn't had any interaction with WWE since he left pretty much. What, what culture is predicting that this is like a run? Like this isn't just like a one time appearance. They think that he's like back on the company's payroll for a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. Cause he always said he wanted to come back, but he said it was a dream of his to wrestle in Japan. So that was why he left the first, um, well, the only time, but yeah. that's why he left last time. And his run in Japan ended a while ago, and he's kind of just been bouncing around indies here and there periodically, but nothing too big. So yeah, and uh, and I well, you know, it's a different regime now, but I know that John Laurinaitis at the time was a big fan of his, so I can totally see him coming back for a run. I would be happy with it. It's just he's another case though of someone that was like really over, and people were really excited about him. So then they responded by booking him like a complete goof until caring <laughs> stopped caring. Because I don't know if you guys ever saw or remember when he got drafted from SmackDown to Raw and Orton was the champion at the time and was cutting a promo and he debuted on Raw by like interrupting him and having a main event segment. And when MVP interrupted him, the place popped for him pretty huge, like way bigger than they were on SmackDown. And I think people were genuinely excited to see him getting a shot with the champion. And then he like lost the match. And then after that, he was just stuck in like infinite nothing feuds until people stopped caring mm. about him. Like they usually do with people that with wrestlers that people like too much. <clears throat> I feel like, I feel like what is like the, the month show on money should be really interesting. Cause they have announced so many names that it's like, what are they going to be doing yeah. with all these people? Okay. Like most of them, like a lot of them don't wrestle anymore. The show's short. like the only match that they've announced is the, the Roman match for the, uh, for the title. Yeah. And like, like I wonder if it's a show where we won't actually see much wrestling, but it'll be just celebrating what we've seen over the last 25 years for Raw itself. Well, I know that for one thing, I don't think that everybody they've announced is even guaranteed to show up because I was actually reading too that how they announced Chris Jericho for the show, but Chris Jericho is saying that they haven't worked out a deal yet. So yeah. they were oh, advertising really? him before they finalized anything. And now it's like, oh, like yeah. he might not be there. Well, and it was, it was it Kevin Nash is not going to be there now either. Cause he can't fly or something, even though he was booked booked prior. Yeah. Cause he said he had to have some kind of a surgery or something. Cause he has, yeah, he had surgery recently or something. Yeah. But I mean like in the past when they've done shows like this, like when they did raw 1000 or old school raw, they usually just shove a bunch of them in one big segment. Like they'll just have like, okay. they'll just have like eight, eight old wrestlers in a locker room just hanging out and talking or they'll have Heath Slater cut a promo and then like five of them will run down and like do their finishers and they usually just shove a bunch of them in like one segment just like quick quick nostalgia pieces pretty much yeah so I mean I don't I don't really see that taking too much of the show but I do think 
we're going to end up finding out about some of their interactions with the Royal Rumble. Like, I totally expect Trish Stratus to announce that she's going to be in the Women's Rumble. I yeah. totally announce. When I think see like seeing Beth Phoenix on commentary for the Mixed Match Classic, like I think she'll I think she'll show up. Yeah. Um. Definitely. And then like people like MVP, even I wouldn't be surprised if he's like gets into like some kind of backstage segment with somebody and they end up saying, oh, well, you're here. Why don't you enter the Royal Rumble? Blah, blah, blah. And like, I really feel like that's going to be the bulk of the, like the nostalgia interactions, either like segments where they're all shoved into one thing or mm-hmm. establishing which ones are going to be in the Royal Rumble. The yeah, yeah, and the women. Well, while we're talking about legends that came back and are getting pushes and whatnot, Let's talk about Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin versus the Usos. Uh, do you think that a DUI is going to take the belt off of the Usos, or is that going to be swept under the rug with no punishment? Insert uh, Uso penitentiary joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, the best, the <laughs> best no. joke that I heard was uh, he told the officer he only had one-ish to drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I don't think they really care. So... If, if, well, did you see their statement where it was like it was like we're not responsible for them? <laughs> yeah, like whatever he does in his own time is his business or pretty whatever. much. And then there was like there's been plenty of times where nothing really happened. Like, um, I think Bo Dallas got arrested for like a DUI <laughs> like right before he won the NXT. No, 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 it wasn't. It was FCW, which was even lower profile than NXT. But still, yeah. there's been mm. there's been cases where people have been <laughs> the best. Well, it's it just, weird. yeah, it's like it seems like it just depends who they it, like. It seems, I think, and I think they like, I think they like the Usos, <laughs> yeah, and he's how they're, you know, they're related to Roman and the Rock and all that. So, well, and it seems like the, I mean, it seems like the big thing is like, like the drug testing and domestic abuse, like whatever else it is, seems to not matter. Not that they, not that people get arrested yeah. that often, but I mean, um, even then, it's like, but those seem to be the serious. Even ones. then, it's like RVD got pulled over for weed, so they took the title away from him in a week. But then, like Brock Lesnar fails a steroid test, and then then a week a week later, <laughs> like just completely dismantles Randy Orton and is given the title like a few months later. So, like I said, yeah, it really true. just depends if they like him or not. Yeah, but to remember, remember that he was part time, so it's oh, different. Yeah, that totally doesn't count. Um, <laughs> I still think the best the best of all of them is like the. My favorite one was the up and down story of Emma when she stole a phone case. And it was like, oh, yeah, Emma stole and a phone case. Fired and rehired. In, yeah, in the same day, she was released and then brought back. <laughs> yeah. Really? I didn't. I yeah, didn't she, know yeah, I like, mean, that one was bullshit because that was such like a it was like a straight up like my cousin Vinny situation. Like she went to Target. She bought a whole bunch of shit. And then they were like, hey, you didn't pay for that $3 cell phone case and like turned it into a huge deal. And it's like in my head, I'm like, if she bought all of the other shit, isn't it possible she just missed it? Like like if she's at the self checkout, like, you know how easy it is to like scan something and it doesn't register and you don't realize it, especially like why would you just not pay for like the $3 phone case after you spent all this money on everything else? Like. It was yeah. it was such a clear cut misunderstanding, but like WWE, as soon as the mugshot came out, was just like gone. <laughs> and like... Yeah, and then I think as soon as they found out it was a mistake, they were like, "Oh, rehire her." <laughs> but oh, but geez. Lord knows why, because they didn't do anything with her the entire time. And then she went to NXT and was like incredible. And then yeah, and then she got called back up and did absolutely nothing again. Uh, so here's the question: There's seven matches. Uh, currently listed on the Wikipedia page for the Royal Rumble. There ain't no way that they're all happening on the main roster. 
I'm pretty confident Cruiserweight is going to be pre-show. Do you think this Us- – <coughs> I think it'll be a main event. <laughs> do you think this Usos, Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin is the other pre-show match, or do you think that they're going to keep that one on the main show? Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? I think they've been touting the SmackDown tag division too much to put it on the pre-show. Okay. Like I, I think at this point, I think we'd be more likely to see the Raw tag team match the, on the, the pre-show. The Seth Seth Jordan yeah. versus Aro yeah. Sheamus. Especially because they're saying that Jordan's hurt now. So they might not want to. Oh no, not Jordan. Not really he had such potential. <laughs> yeah. Although I feel like I feel like like two or three weeks ago, like before, I was like, I hate like he's super talented physically, but it was just so boring and and so whatever. But like three weeks ago, something like clicked, and okay. it was like he's just like, hey guys, oh. like I'm part of the Shield too. Yeah. Like look at me, and it's it was so just like annoying, so fucking funny. Kid brother Jason Jordan is like the role that he was supposed to be playing this and, whole time. And he's like trying to do the right thing, but it's always the wrong thing and then everyone gets mad at him and he's like, hey dad. And it's just <laughs> so funny. We need, like if they don't have a moment where Chad and Jason kind of like interact, I'll be upset. Because that needs to happen. Like, I feel like it's been like this thing that they've only like kind of talked about, but it's like it needs to happen. All of a sudden, like they were this tag team that was doing really well, and all of a sudden, Jason Jordan's just gone, and like Chad yeah. Gable well, just I, I left to pick together, up the pieces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, he's Kurt Angle's son. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, like as someone that didn't watch, bef- you know, before a couple of years ago, like I have no interest in Shelton Benjamin. Like he's just this guy that came back and hasn't really. Like, they haven't really introduced him for people that aren't familiar with him. And so I don't care about him whatsoever. Like, he was just instantly, pretty much instantly part of this tag team. And I was just like, I just miss when Gable and Jordan were together. Yeah, they just got, like, older Shel- uh, older um, Jason Jordan and <laughs> just tagged with him. They're like, well, quick, we need another we need another black amateur yeah, wrestler right? to fill the spot. <laughs> and then they just shoved Shelton Benjamin in. No, but Shelton... I guess the short version of it is Shelton was just always a guy who was seen as someone who had the potential to be a top guy, but was never put into a position to be one. Mm. But at the same time, he had like zero charisma. So that was always kind of hurt. <laughs> but he was, he was always amazing in the ring. Okay. If you ever get the chance, you need to look up Shelton Benjamin's mama though. That was like the best and worst fucking storyline they ever had. Did. <laughs> um, so who do we think is winning this? Do we think Seth and Jordan hold on to the belts or do you think we, it goes back to the bar? I, I think it depends on if if the Jordan being injured is real or not. No, I think I think Seth and Jordan are going to keep it because it seems like they have a story, like a long term story planned for it, where um, 
where Jordan and Seth, like Jordan's probably eventually going to be the one responsible for them, like completely imploding. But I, I feel like it's too soon to take the belts off of them. And if the injury was terribly serious, I don't feel like they would be even advertising him to be on the show and they would probably have done something already. Yeah, that's true. Plus it seems like the bar is already in a different feud as it yeah. is. So I don't really, I feel like this is just kind of to tie up loose ends. And since no one's going to really care anything outside, anything outside the rumble for the show anyway, I feel like they're just fit using this as a quick way to just kind of end the storyline between the bar and the shield. This is kind of a yeah. shitty question to ask, but I, I'm uh, actually genuinely running a blank. What other tag teams are there in Raw? Uh, the club, but I don't know. even know if they're yeah. going to be in the tag team division too much anymore, or if they're just going to be Finn's backup or whatever. But it, well, and it's, it's, it, isn't it them, like, isn't it the club that it seems like they might be starting to feud with, though? I could, see, that's where I want to see this go. I want to see, I want to see Jason Jordan blow it for Seth, to, for them to drop it to the club. Because the first time that the club had a run with the titles, it meant nothing, and like, it's like one of those what a difference a day makes type situations where it's like, oh, you take these super talented guys and you put them with the other super talented guy that they've worked with for years. And like, oh, suddenly it clicks mm. and like people kind of care. Yeah, um, they all feel so much. They all seem so much happier and comfortable now. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, I do. Like, I'm not sure if you guys watch any of the Cultaholic videos uh, like the WTFs with King Ross, but uh, he had the one line. I think it was two weeks ago. Where he said, I don't know about the rest of you, but when Finn Balor was trying to think of a word that described Jason Jordan that started with an N, my butthole started to twitch like a nose, <laughs> like a bunny rabbit's nose. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so right now we're looking at Enzo title holding on to the title. The Usos holding yeah, on to so. the title. Seth and Jason Jordan holding on to the title. Do we think AJ Styles will hold on to the title, or will he lose to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Which I I don't like how this is being booked. It's not like it's saying like it doesn't say AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It says handicap match. So like, is it straight up just like one like Kevin and Sami in there one at a time tagging each other in, or is it going to be a three way? I think it's a hand a literal handicap match. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think it's two on one, which uh, like I feel like there's no way. I mean, there's no way that AJ should be able to win that. But I also feel like the way that they like it almost feels like that was set up by Daniel Bryan to kind of cause a rift between Sammy and Kevin potentially, because I feel like there's no way that they. Wow, I don't know. Like, I feel like, like in saying it, I'm saying I feel like there's no way that either Kevin or Sammy will want to let the other guy do the pin. But then they've been talking about both being champions if they win it as well, yeah. right? Yeah, which is why part of me was stuff. hoping that it would be a like a triple threat match, and I would love, like, as much as I want AJ to hold that title until Mania, I would fucking love a situation where like Kevin Owens just pins Sammy Zayn real quick and like. And they just walk off and celebrate <laughs> together with the belts. But doing it as a handicap match, I guess that's not possible, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like the storyline is eventually just going to lead to Sami Zayn being so corrupted that he's going to out-heal Kevin and, like, just completely destroy him, which will lead to a big match between the two and Kevin turning face. But which, I, yeah. which I'd be stoked and for. And Sammy, I think, has been doing such a fantastic job as a heel. I thought it was a big mistake turning mm-hmm. him at first, but he's done such a good job. Because he's they, never, they had a, they had a really he's good never played heel before, right? Like, they, even in the indies, he never really played heel. 
Yeah, as far as I know, I don't think he's ever been heel. Because I think El Generico was always uh, they... friends with Kevin Steen, but like was kind of that like did was like the whole joke was like he didn't understand that his best friend was a bad guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then they did like have plenty of feuds with each other too on where Kevin turned, but it was always Kevin that turned on him. Like Jer- Generico was never the one who was a uh, was a heel. So. I, I love El Generico so much. It's a shame that like Sammy has just, such a good body now because it really ruins what made El Generico so charming. It's weird to me that, and this is a bit of a tangent, but it's always weird to me how uh, Sammy Zayn has such like incredible facial features. I'm uh, not facial, like facial expressions and everything like, and with his promos being so good where most of his career is spent essentially being a mute who is always behind a mask. <laughs> yeah. Do you know anything about El Generico, uh, Derek? No, not really. He was, uh, he was a luchador who, uh, who moved to Mexico to take care of and retired from wrestling to take care of orphans. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you look up his stuff, like the best part about Sami Zayn doing El Generico and doing it as a as a Spanish immigrant that doesn't speak English is that <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sami Zayn barely can speak Spanish. So like oh, his yeah, promos like the only thing he ever said was C. Yeah. Well, no, he would have like <laughs> I remember I watched one of them where he's just going he's like like let's say he was cutting a promo against AJ Styles because I can't remember who he was cutting a promo against. He was just like El Generico Bueno, AJ Styles No Bueno, like, and that was like <laughs> right. the extent of his promos. Like it was so it was like ninth grade Spanish class was like what he could bring to the table. Oh, um, that's pretty great. And his Twitter account, like look up his Twitter account. It's so good. It's broken English. Like every every oh, post. Really? is broken English, and at the very bottom it always says, translate it by Google Translator. (laughs) 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 That's pretty Uh, amazing. It was one of the most charming characters, but it was like before Sami Zayn had any muscle, so he was literally a 90-pound stick with a luchador mask on. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, they just had a really good uh, interview on Talk is Jericho this week. Um, if you guys haven't listened to it yet, it's pretty good. They talk about like some some stuff like growing up and in, in the Indies and kind of get hitting all of their major milestones at similar times and together and talk about forming this tag team and talk about how terrifying the Hell in a Cell experience was. Um, just in regards to like you know like like if this was like regular TV shows or movies, they like practice and practice and practice. And this is like, Oh, just kind of go, go pull Kevin off when you see Shane jump off. Like, like, like just like ridiculous <laughs> stuff, but really, really interesting. Uh, uh, that ball was so close too. That was scary watching it in slow motion. Yeah. No. Yeah. They said when they mentioned that, like, cause Sammy's direction was like, well, yeah, when you see Shane's foot to come off, like that's when you go and grab him and like they, there's no practice runs or anything like that so he said it was something where it was like a couple feet away from kevin's head or something like that in the actual live run so it's pretty it was pretty crazy uh, but great great episode i'll have to check that out because i stopped listening to talk is jericho recently I, I like dropped a bunch of my wrestling podcasts down to basically just art of wrestling and sam roberts wrestling podcast yeah i i did after that whole roman reigns thing that i was talking not roman reigns but more daniel bryan thing that i was talking about earlier like I, for whatever reason, I couldn't listen to wrestling podcasts anymore mm. after that because almost all of them were saying that. 
but like yeah nowadays i pretty much only listen to the wrestling observer podcast which there's a thousand of those but it's all under one network so yeah yeah i feel like i like i I jump in and out of talk of jericho like if it's a wrestling guest or like about a movie or just like the paranormal ones are oddly interesting but if it's like a musical guest or whatnot i usually skip them i think i stopped listening he he does the best ad reads though too like the best ad reads i never skip his ad reads (laughs) it's like oh like the way he does it all seamlessly with like whatever he's talking about you're like oh that's a really interesting point like that's a really interesting I, point i hate whoever. it i hate it so much and i would and, 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 so and i want to hear more about that but first let me tell you about ddp yoga <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like there's so many times where it's like like i'll be like oh man yeah i can't wait for the next question and then it'll be like bam i'm in the middle of an ad and i had no idea that it was going to happen yeah. <laughs> and other times other times it's really interesting because sometimes i don't it, whether it's based on the environment that they're in or whatever but the audio quality is so poor in the actual interview that and then, then like it cuts really- then it cuts and it's crystal clear and i'm like oh oh is it little little caesars is it little caesars <laughs> yeah little caesars the true car app he i heard he saved thousands of dollars on his cadillac the the true car app one anytime that i listen to any wrestler promote true car it makes me laugh because that's like part of my job is working with true car like i help i i'm like the company that i work for is how true car gets all of its cars onto their app so it's very weird to me to feel like the work that I'm doing directly affects Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> and Chris Jericho. <laughs> um, but uh, the if if it wasn't for the fact that like you had to dedicate half of a day to listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, like that would probably be my favorite wrestling podcast out there. But five hour long episodes are just way too long for my blood. Um, <laughs> so are we? So what are we going with? Does anyone think AJ's losing? I think he's going to hold the title. I, I think. I think this is more to build a Sammy Kevin match. I what I want is like one thing he like because a lot of this Kevin and Sammy stuff has just felt like building for this will they won't they Shane versus Daniel Bryan thing. Do you think that we'll see interference at all from either of them? I think that's also possible. I just I really don't like the idea of seeing AJ Styles lose the championship to WrestleMania or two uh, Royal Rumbles in a row. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I really do, and we'll get into this when we talk about the actual Rumble matches, but I really do feel they're building towards AJ versus Shinsuke. So I don't think he's losing the... I don't think he's losing the belt. But he or, might I'm lose pretty the sure match. He'll have to, I, uh, how do I want to say this? I'm pretty sure he'll be champion at Mania, but I could totally see them having him lose the belt at this show only to do like an elim- elimination chamber or something in February where he just gets it right, right. back. Oh, uh, like kind of how I like, did the John Cena won the belt and then it went to Bray Wyatt uh, right. at elimination chamber. I could be, I could be okay with that too. I just, it sucks. Cause I hate seeing it. Like AJ's so good. I just want him to hold the belt until WrestleMania just once. That's like, I, you do it the one time <laughs> the dude's old. He's only got a couple more years that he can do this. Like, let's just get, get him to WrestleMania one time. I, I feel like he'll be, he's going to be around for a long time. Yeah, he time. does not seem the age that he actually is. Uh, all right. No, yeah, yeah. So we'll skip the Women's Royal Rumble for now and jump to the final championship match, and then we'll do the Rumbles. Um, I mean, I, I, I we all know Brock's going to walk away from this, but I guess the bigger question is, like, do we think that this is going to be a really good match or do you think that this is going to be one of those matches where the potential of it is going to be good and then it's going to be a real disappointment because Kane doesn't impress me at all and like Braun Strowman versus Kane just Kane feels old. And Braun Strowman versus Brock like hasn't really worked either time that they've done it. Yeah, well I mean the only good matches that 
in my opinion, at least the only matches that were the slightest bit entertaining that bronze has had has been with Roman, but mm-hmm. in this environment, like a, he didn't work all that well with Brock. Like Matt just said, plus making, um, making it a three way and then adding Kane. Like, I don't really think it's going to be much of a match at all. And in all honesty, I think this whole thing is just going to be setting up the whole, um, Strowman triple H WrestleMania program. Yeah. Cause I, I heard, on one of the podcasts I was listening to, they mentioned this as a theory, which makes sense to me how they were saying like Stephanie's a heel, but for some reason she stood up for Braun and got him rehired or whatever. And they were saying, well, the only reason she rehired him is because she wants her husband to be able to get revenge on him for what the, what, for humiliating him at survivor series or whatever. Mm. So, I mean, I could totally see it where Braun has the match one and then triple H's music hits distracts him they start brawling or something and in the chaos like lesnar pins kane or something oh yeah but yeah there's no, no. way that lesnar's not winning well and there's no way that kane's not taking the pin <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah definitely kane, kane is in there to lose what i like i feel like that is yeah i was gonna say i feel like that that is that that feels like why kane is in this match is is so that braun doesn't have to get pinned. although like yeah. what what if he what if kane wins <laughs> Well then, now no, now he has something to bring back to Knox County. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's I think that that's going to be the most disappointing match of of the night, which is a shame because the last time we saw Brock at a triple threat match in the Rumble, it almost stole the stole the show with him, John Cena, and Seth Rollins. Still one of my favorite matches ever, honestly. That was what I think that was two thousand five. Uh, was certainly better than the Rumble. Oh yeah, two thousand fifteen. Sorry, two thousand fifteen. Um, certainly better than the Rumble in 2015 was the Triple Threat match. <laughs> so now we get down to the Rumbles. We got the the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, there were 21 women active on the roster. Uh, only um, so that meant that only 19 of them could be in the Rumble, and then Paige got injured. So now there's 18 available. And I mean, I don't know why we're having all of them declare that they're going to be in the Rumble because, like, obviously, we just assume. <laughs> Let's just assume that they're all going to be in the Rumble. Do you feel it? Like, do you guys? So, just on that, one of the other things I wanted to mention earlier. Do you guys feel like this, uh, like this page thing? Do you think it's as serious as everyone is saying, where it's like a career-ending thing? Like it, it, it just seems like they haven't been. Like Paige has been like if if her career is over, if her in ring career is over, she's been surprisingly chipper on things like like Twitter and talking about how 2018 is going to be her year, and that was after those rumors came out and everything like that, and even on TV where they or on on whatever the raw aftermath or whatever they call it, where on YouTube it was talking about how she wouldn't be in the match, but she was going to be there representing Absolution. But and she's still in, she's still coming to the ring like like Daniel Bryan looked like a, a mess for a while after like when he needed to retire and and everything I like that, that they, and for them to it's tough because I don't think that they would ever do a forced retirement story angle like I don't think that that's a thing that they would do yeah because it is such a sensitive subject and it would be in super but well and it's also been nothing yeah. but rumors as well though like there's been no official word aside from that she has to miss I this think match. That I think that she's just overly optimistic and they're concerned because of Daniel Bryan and Edge. Like, that there's been these people where it's like, you don't want to right. fuck around with a neck injury. You don't want to have another draws right. situation. Totally. Like, you want someone that can still walk when they're 30. 
Um, so it is, I mean, it sucks. And that's, so I remember when I got to meet Mickey James and, and kind of pick her brain a little bit before she even came to the main roster, like came back to the main roster. She was saying that she is shocked that WWE signs as many indie wrestlers as they do because of the amount of wear and tear Mm. on the body that happens from indie shows. Uh, So it's like, it sucks, but like, yeah, like Paige has been wrestling since she was like 16 years old. So, like, yeah, it sucks that she's retiring, like, that she might be forced to retire at 25, but she has put way more miles on her body in 25 years than most people do in 50. Well, especially starting at a point where your body is so so much more vulnerable as well. so it's like, it sucks, but I think that she's just being optimistic and is like, you cannot tell me that I'm going to retire. Like, I like... Like, yeah. I think she's going to be the female Daniel Bryan where it's like, you either let me wrestle here or I'll wrestle somewhere else. But, like, I am not yeah, going to stop. Exactly. So I think that's why she's so chipper about it still is like, fuck it, I'm going to yeah. do it. Paige is a weird situation to me because I'm surprised, especially with all the Daniel Bryan stuff going on at the same time, I'm surprised they even cleared her to come back at all. <laughs> um, you know, There's been talk about how Paige's doctors said that they didn't think she should ever wrestle again before she came back. But WWE's doctors cleared her, which is kind of like an opposite situation of Daniel Bryan, where Daniel's saying that his doctors are saying he's good to go, but WWE's doctors are saying he's not. And it's unfortunate, but you can't mess around with neck injuries, especially how much more we know about them now than we did maybe like 20, 30 years ago when people were routinely smashing each other in the heads. And it's something that you have to be real careful about, both from a company standpoint and just for the safety of the performers and i at this point i kind of don't even want to see her come back like i honestly didn't even really want to see her come back to begin with when they were talking about the severity of her neck problems but yeah when she got cleared i was like well they probably know more than everybody else if they think she's okay and then two weeks out it was so fast gets kicked in the back and can barely and like can like can't even stand up that's horrifying well that's like i i I get really frustrated when all these people are kind of supporting Daniel Bryan for getting back in the ring. Cause I get it. Like you love him and stuff like that, but it's like, if the dudes had, I remember that retirement speech. Oh and yeah. In that retirement speech. He straight up says that he had a point where his hands were doing things that he wasn't wanting his hands to do. And like, that's not a good yeah. sign. Like if you've got enough concussions that your hands have a slight mind of their own, like, it's not worth the risk, dude. Like, you've got a wife and a kid. Like, it's not worth the risk. Yeah, I think the big thing with Brian, though, on top of people, like, wanting to see him wrestle and stuff is that he keeps pushing the idea that his doctors are saying he's fine and that in the time that he's taken off, his doctors are looking at his brain scans and saying that his brain is in better shape than a lot of than a lot of a- athletes who are still active and all that kind of stuff. So I think he's kind of doing it himself too, where he's kind of fanning the flames and gaining support to see him wrestle again, because he's putting the image out there that he's fine now. And whether or not that's true or whether or not it's wishful thinking or whether or not he's just really wants to come back, whatever the case is, he is putting out a positive message saying that he's okay. And he's almost painting WWE to be the bad guys. Cause he's like, I've, he keeps talking about how he's gone to dozens of specialists and right. they all say he's fine in WWE are the only ones who's saying he's not and he's been doing these like special therapy that's supposedly helping his brain recover and he's saying that he doesn't really have any of those issues anymore and again like i just said it's hard to say if he's just saying that or if he's if it's just wishful thinking or 
if it's all just going to come back if he starts wrestling again who knows but i feel like that's the I feel like that's a big reason why people are so adamant about seeing him come back because he keeps saying that he's fine yeah. and has maintained that for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention he's gone on show WWE sponsored shows like talking smack and flat out says, Oh, I'm yeah. going to wrestle again. if it's not here as soon as my contract's over. So, yeah. um, so, so the question is for me, Paige was my pick to win this Royal, this women's Royal rumble. And now, yeah, it wasn't me and too. She's not in there. So now, now the question becomes who, if not her, who, because in my mind, it's gotta be a raw person because I am like 99% sure it will be a SmackDown person who wins the men's Royal rumble. And I don't think that they'll do SmackDown on both sides. Um, and I'm looking at who our raw options are, and it's like part of me just says, okay, well, it's going to go to Asuka because you know Asuka can't be beat type deal. But again, if you if if there was ever a situation where Asuka cannot win and it doesn't affect the losing the, yeah. the winning streak, it's the Rumble. What about a what about an unexpected Bailey thing? Well, and on Asuka, I feel like that wouldn't feel that doesn't feel interesting because Oscar winning the rumble, like, you know, she is then for sure going to be winning that WrestleMania match yeah. where her being built up to, to face the champion in another, in another way over more time. And not just this, like this, you know, jump to the finish line match, like would be a way more interesting. Oh, wait, hold on a second. I just figured, I think, I think Nia Jax, I think we're building towards Nia Jax versus Alexa bliss. That's how God, because <laughs> they're best friends. <laughs> They're friend of me. Uh, if, if Ellsworth hadn't have been released, I would have said Ellsworth. He should just win all of the first women's everything. Well, someone had posted a thing, and I, I actually really hope that it happens. But they were putting in, like, suggestions of who could be the other, like, 10 to 12 women that would appear in this. And someone said that they're absolutely 100% should be Santina. And then all of the women in the ring just beat the shit out of Santina and throw her over the top rope like right away. I mean, you could do all of it. You could do Santina. You could do Harvey Whippleman in a dress. You could have Big Vito come back in a dress. You could have like you could have James Ellsworth come in and try to steal. I just I I just want Santino back so badly that if the only way I get it is him coming in as Santina like that works for me. I miss Santino so much. The the 2012 Royal Rumble was not a fun watch. It's way too goddamn long with 40 uh, entrants. But man, Santino in that last like minute is just gold. It's was that the one where everyone thought he was gonna win? Yeah, like when it came down, it came down to him and Alberto, and, and he does his celebratory oh dance already before he gets thrown out. Oh, it's so good. It's it. I feel did so you bad for you, Derek. You missed everything with Santino, and he was did just you see the gift. elimination I, chamber. I, I have, I don't know how, but I have seen a couple of, I've, I have seen a few Santino things. Did you see the elimination chamber with um, when it came down to him and Daniel Bryan? No, no, I have not. Oh seen Oh my that. god, like, that was when Daniel Bryan was champion, and everyone got eliminated except for him and Santino. And then like Santino, and at the time too, they were booking Bryan to be like a paper champion essentially. So he hits. Um, Brian with the Cobra and the whole fucking crowd goes nuts because they thought he was going to win for a second. <laughs> and he re- and then he pinned him and then he reversed the pin into a yes lock and then Santino tapped out, of course. <laughs> but oh my God, the crowd is so excited when he hit Brian with the Cobra. Santino, man. Like, Santino has the second best elimination in, or uh, third best elimination in Rumble history with the. But when he got thrown out immediately and yeah. is like, I wasn't ready. <laughs> he's He's the third best. Second best for me is Paul London. 
uh, that that elimination oh, God. is unbelievable. Like, that one's horrifying. Though. It looked like he was going to die. Yeah, no, I remember talking to John about it, and John was like, that was one of the most terrifying days of my life, was watching that on television. <laughs> um, and then the number one for for eternity, I even put the the video clip in the fucking article when I mentioned it. Um, Bushwhacker Luke is the greatest oh, elimination yeah. that has ever happened. <laughs> Yes, that was fucking amazing. Just, Wasn't that the record for the shortest elimination, the uh, fastest elimination until Santino? Yeah, broke it. Just yeah. marches, marches up to the ring, gets flipped over, lands on his feet, and marches right back. <laughs> I, I've seen that one. That was good. <laughs> Just like as if nothing, completely unfazed. It's great. Um, all right, so so. I mean, who? This is the thing that this is where it makes me nervous, though, because I'm looking at a list of women. And now that Paige isn't a factor, it's either the very obvious Asuka or, like, you just kind of fucking throw shit together. Like, you do, like, Nia Jax or you do Bailey, or you do Sasha Banks and it doesn't well, feel exciting. Or, like, you give it to Ronda Rousey and it's like, I don't want it to just be some random debut or you give it to a legend. Like, it's like, I, like I, I'm going to put my money on Nia Jax. Like, if I was betting, I'm putting my money on Nia Jax. I'd like to see yeah. it maybe be Bailey, but... Do you, do you guys feel like we'll I'm, see... Do you guys feel like we'll see Ronda I, I think, debut at the Rumble? I think it's custom I know they've been, for Ronda. I don't even think it's a discussion at this point. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... Well, I mean, they've been talking to her. I don't know. Nothing forever. official. It seems like forever. Yeah, nothing official has come out yet. And I know they're, if it has happened, they're going to try to keep it a surprise, but... I really, I think Ronda's winning it if she's in it, but if she's not in it, I'm going yeah. with Asuka. Uh, I would love to see Becky win it because I'm tired of Becky being shat on. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that I'm confident that it's going to be a Raw person, I would have gone with Becky too. But yeah. I, yeah. Someone, someone suggested that Carmella should win it, so she gets, so she gets two chances <laughs> that she'll. Well, because someone said, <laughs> imagine the the way that they pitched it was like, imagine this WrestleMania moment. She wins the Royal Rumble. She loses the match and then immediately like, catches the enemy. Yeah, that'd be pretty. <laughs> like, well, that's something I don't like. Have we seen something like that before? I don't, Josh. No, no. <laughs> like I mean, that's that sounds really interesting. But usually, when yeah, the, cool, usually but... when someone has a money in the bank briefcase, they're in a larger division than seven people, so you don't see that person yeah. have title match after title match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then um. If only Ellsworth is still around, it would be so funny if it came down to like Carmella and Becky, and then Ellsworth just runs in from behind and throws <laughs> Becky out. <laughs> just, oh, that'd be great. A, just keep a running trend going of Ellsworth winning all of the first women's everything. Did you first see women's matches? Did you see Ellsworth uh, when Ellsworth got released? His uh, Cody Rhodes parody that he posted on his Instagram. Yeah, all, all the women he wanted to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so so we're all kind. Of, it sounds like every single one of us has a different pick on that one. So that's exciting, though. That's exciting to see what where it goes. Now, I mean, the men's Royal Rumble is. I'm super. This is the most excited I've been for a Rumble in a bit because last year was pretty exciting too. It's my favorite thing with the brand split is that it gives us multiple options for a winner in the Rumble. Because prior to the brand split, it really was kind of just like, okay, well, this is the guy they're building a story towards. So like, obviously. But like now, it could be anything. It could be anybody. It could be Finn Balor. It could be, it could be Shinsuke Nakamura. It could be Bray Wyatt. Like there's all these options. It could be some like random fucking I, debut person. I just got an idea. I just got an idea. It's Batista. <laughs> what if? What if? What if Sister Abigail wins the women's Royal Rumble? Oh <laughs> my god! 
I changing my vote. <laughs> Votes changed. It's just Bray Wyatt and Dreg. <laughs> yeah. It's just Bray Wyatt with a sh- with a shawl over his head and a voice changer. How how has there been four years that Bray Wyatt's been talking about Sister Abigail and it's this big mystery and they actually toyed with the idea of it just being him with a shawl over his head like that is that is embarrassingly misguided. <laughs> you know, meningitis saved his career. Yeah, it did. Oh my god, there'd be no recovery. That would be it. It's over at that point. Um, can Rusev Day collectively win the Royal Rumble? Is my question. Man, I still. Ooh, I feel like I feel like I would love to see Rusev win the Royal Rumble, though. <laughs> he, I wish he would have won in 2015 yeah. when he came out from under the ring. Um, he's his face when he comes running over is so good. <laughs> and then in the following year too, weren't Roman and him the first two, and then Roman just dumped him out like garbage. Yeah. Yeah, poor Rusev. It's terrible. It's hard being a Rusev fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like this is kind of weird to me. Elias was the first person to declare himself uh, the ro- a Royal Rumble participant, which is interesting to me. Um, never has a gimmick worked so much better on the main roster than NXT than Elias. Uh, <laughs> so hate it in NXT and like so much fun to watch on the main roster. Remember when Jason Jordan came out and just started throwing vegetables at him for like what the fuck an hour? That? Jesus Christ. When he yeah. said WWE stands for walk with Elias, I was like, this is, Oh, that was great. <laughs> was like, this is the best. He's so the best thing that he did in NXT though. And we talk about this at work all the time is when he lost the loser leaves town match and then just came back in a luchador mask as El Vagabono. <laughs> Um, oh yeah <laughs> and then i remember too they did the same thing when bo dallas lost his loser leaves nxt match and yeah. then he came back a week later as mr nxt i think and it was just him in a mask <laughs> and they dragged him away afterwards it's yeah. such it's a it's the go-to you thing know, and it's so funny every single time come to think of it i is the miz the only person to ever win one of those matches <laughs> like he i don't know if you guys remember this like a while uh, years ago now but he lost a match where he got fired, and a week later, they, for no reason at all, brought back Eugene. It was Eugene versus, I think they called him the Calgary Kid, and it was a guy in a mask, and they said the winner of the match wins the WWE contract, and then Eugene lost, and then when the guy takes off his mask, it was just The Miz. So he got <laughs> fired for a week, and then won a match to get a contract the week after, and no, it whatever. No, it's one of the... They don't screen these people. They don't, you know, they don't screen them. They don't check IDs. They don't see... <laughs> Who they really are. They just show up at the arena in a mask and they're like, hey, just go out there. We had three hours to fill. <laughs> so one of the other um one of the other moments, there's a there's a handful of good moments in the 2015 Rumble. It really is mostly a shit show all around. But I will say one of the two moments that that still really worked for me in the 2015 Royal Rumble is Miz starting off the Rumble, getting eliminated right away. And then Damian Sandell coming down for the Rumble as his stunt double and Miz, like, trying to take that spot to get back into the Rumble <laughs> is, is like, a really fun little bit. And uh, That was another one where the crowd was really behind it and then they were like, all right, well, kill it. Yeah, kill him. <laughs> uh, and then Kofi, uh, Kofi's not as good as the handstand or the pogo stick uh, chair, but I am a fan of Rusev just fucking tossing Kofi and Adam Rose's rosebuds catching him and and crowd surfing him back into the ring uh, was pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's to the point where I don't even know if 
I think last year Kofi didn't even really do anything special, and it's probably because they can't. I think there's not much more you can do. Yeah. Like, he's done so, – you're never going to top the handstand one. Like, the handstand one is, you like, know, the fucking iconic Rumble yeah, moment. You know what would be the best thing that Kofi could do in the Rumble is fucking win it. Yeah, let's just have that happen. <laughs> I, I mean, yo, I would love for anyone in New Day to win a Rumble. Like, Big E could use a singles run – I remember, like, because totally. it, yeah. it didn't work when he used to have a singles run, but now he's more over than ever before. Yeah, because back then they thought a good idea for a gimmick would be just the guy who stands there and never talks and looks blankly <laughs> into the camera. But <laughs> but three ain't enough. I like yeah. Right. <laughs> I like the and they didn't even give him that when he came to the main roster. But that's that's beside the point. I was gonna say people had the idea a few years ago of like New Day or like not all of them, but say like Kofi for example is in a Money in the Bank match and then while everyone's knocked out like biggie and xavier run in they just like pick him up on their shoulders and he grabs the uh, the briefcase that way without a ladder i think that would be an amazing way for them to push kofi into the title picture one day (laughs) i think on my previous uh like on the saint mort show when we used to do these i think you were the one you either came up with it or you had read it of like when kofi was in the money in the bank match having him win it and then having them free bird the the briefcase Of like, oh, it'd be so much fun. It'd be so good. Yeah, they have so many interesting <laughs> things they could do with the three-man group that doesn't take itself seriously like that. Yeah. But, I, I mean, right now, if I was a betting man, I'm going to go with what the Vegas odds right now are with Shinsuke Nakamura just because Shinsuke versus AJ would be... Like, if you're going to make us sit through another Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match for God knows how many years in a row, it feels like... Then, like, you need to give us a match that is for wrestling fans. <laughs> like, and I think that Shinsuke versus AJ would do that. And as much as it would be a weird choice for Shinsuke to even win that because he's got no storyline right now, um, I think he could still lose that match. But it would be that moment, kind of like when, I mean, AJ Styles to me right now is a star maker, he is that guy who you put him in a match with somebody and he makes that person seem important. Because the match where when when uh, when Bray couldn't be there for the Demon versus Sister Abigail match and they brought in AJ Styles, that was the best main roster match that we mm. ever got out of Finn Balor. Um, I think that this is what we need to rejuvenate who Shinsuke Nakamura is to a main roster audience and give him even half a chance of being something. Yeah, plus, I mean, we have a proven track record that they can work amazingly well together. And in, on the WrestleMania stage, I feel like they're really going to well, both go all out. Yeah. And that, that, like, pop they got when they both, like, grabbed the ladder and just, like, looked at each other for a moment, like, that that would be yeah, huge. I think, I think that that's, like, the best, the best option. But, I mean, who knows? It could be Roman Reigns again. Why not have Roman Reigns win the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia for the second time in a row? That couldn't uh, possibly go man. disastrously. I, <laughs> I kind of hope that I, I like Roman Reigns. I kind of hope that Roman Reigns. I, I don't again. dislike Roman Reigns. <laughs> I, think I, I, I want to. Be- I kind of. I, I kind of hope he wins everything <laughs> all the time, just because like people hating yeah. him is quite entertaining, and like like that. I, <laughs> like just thinking back to the the Raw after Mania, oh, where so he good. like. Oh, like that's one of the best. That's one of the most entertaining things ever because, at, at, like, you're watching it and it never ends. And every time he lifts that mic up and you hear the crowd get louder again, like it's like I I just remember laughing so hard because they just like would not let him talk. <laughs> and I'm like, 
you know, the fuck you Roman chance. Like, I'm like, how is this on T? How am I hearing this on TV right now? Like, <laughs> have they not been cut off? And oh, it was unbelievable. So, that was one of the like coolest moments since I started watching. And I here's think. the thing. I don't actually hate. I don't think a lot of wrestling fans hate Roman Reigns anymore. Not to the level that they hated well, mm-hmm. Roman Reigns because they've realized that he is a good worker and like. He's kind of just doing whatever it is that they're putting. Like, yeah. It's more the well, it feels like yeah. it feels like the opinion of, of the fans change week by week. It like one week, are, I think, and I'll, who's I'll hear actually it. attending the show. Yeah, like it's sometimes it's just huge cheers, and other times like you can't hear a single cheer, and it's all I mean, booze, and it's like I, it's just I guess so divided. I just don't want to see him win the Rumble again. Like I feel like it's not even an issue where I'm like, oh no, Roman Reigns is like, I've come to terms with it. Like, He's going to be the guy. Like I, I kind of, like, what if he had like, what if they built a, a Roman Royal Rumble streak, like the Undertaker WrestleMania oh God, streak? That would be horrible. Where he just like for the next 20 years. <laughs> yeah, but he already lost one. For the he next got, 20 years. He got pinned by Seth Rollins in his first main so event. Starting <laughs> so Seth Rollins is the one in the, the 22 and one Royal um, Rumble wins. It's Derek, like, I kind of want you. So, so this is the thing. And Josh, you, I mean, you would agree with this, but I think it would be interesting for Derek to watch this. Track down the 2014 Royal Rumble, the Batista victory, and it's okay. And you will see, it's like, it's night and day how the crowd feels about Roman Reigns being in the final two in 2015 versus how they feel about him being in the final yeah. two in 2014. Yeah, but like if mm. he had. If he had thrown Batista out, it would have been the biggest pop of the night. Like it was like, if we can't get Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns is the best possible option because we love really? the Shield and he's so cool. And like, it was like everybody was on Team Reigns in 2014. Yeah, but and then just over a year, we just hated him. <laughs> like, really? No, I'll check to that pre- out. I haven't to seen preface that one, it a so. little bit. I know that a big reason though why so many people were cheering for Reigns in the final two was mostly because the people's attitude was anyone but Batista at the time in the, in the exact, in the exact same way that in the Royal Rumble 2015, the entire crowd was popping for Rusev. Uh, who was, who was, so why, they, like why, why was it anyone but Batista? Like hadn't Batista just returned yeah, at that time? A week prior. Yeah. Cause it was, yeah. cause it was Daniel Bryan's year and he was uh, like I the see. hottest okay. guy there. And the company was very obviously trying to sweep him under the rug because he got more popular than they wanted him to get. And Brian was one of the rare cases where he was so popular that the fans wouldn't let it go and kind of force mm-hmm. their hand. But they were trying to they were I trying see, to trivialize Brian and put Batista in the top spot, and people rejected it. So mm-hmm. if once once they knew once they knew that Brian wasn't in it, they were they had the attitude of anyone but Batista, which is why Roman uh, got okay. such a huge reaction. But then like a year later, the exact same thing happens, except it's Rusev getting everyone's chanting "Let's go Rusev" and booing Roman because it was less that. It was less that they wanted Rusev and more that they wanted anyone but Roman in the same yeah. way that the year okay. prior. It was less that they wanted Roman specifically and that and more that it wasn't Batista. But I, I would still make the argument that people were very much behind Roman Reigns at that time, because I I genuinely believe. I genuinely believe that the only reason why there was such a backlash against Roman Reigns is two things happened simultaneously that completely derailed what would have just been a very seamless push for Roman Reigns. Thing number one was that he got he got injured very quickly after after the, uh, the Royal Rumble in 2014 and was kind of out of commission for for pretty much as soon as the Shield broke up he was out of commission. Um, so mm-hmm. he was off TV and instead of just letting him stay off TV and continue to be like 
the the guy of very little words they had these awful video promos where you realize that this dude can't talk for shit at the time and it and not just that but like to add a little bit to that like randy orton did the same thing like 10 years prior but randy orton was a heel like that's a heel thing to do to have promos every week giving people an injury update as if everybody's waiting on bated breath for you to come back except when orton did it in 2004 it was a heel turn when reigns did it it was supposed to be like a legitimate like oh everybody's going to be so excited when he comes back that we have to update them every single week. (laughs) The other thing that happened though, was also the CM Punk interview on art of wrestling came out and there was so much of the, like make reigns look strong, make reigns look strong conversation in there that I think it was the combination of those two things. The, the, the misguidedness of those, those injury update promos and all of a sudden this guy that everybody loved basically just saying like, yeah, Roman Reigns is the guy that they're going to push and they're going to do anything in their power to push it. It was like, it was that seeing the wizard behind the curtain moment. And then everyone was just like, well, fuck you then. Like, you know, it's like very like, how dare you like attitude towards it from that point on. And now I think it's just kind of been like, it's been a couple years. We're over it. There's definitely been way less talented people that they've tried to push as the big baby face. So like, fuck it. I'll deal with it. And I think with having the brand split and having these extra belts and having all this extra stuff, like it makes it an easier pill to swallow than when everything is just one giant storyline. And that one giant storyline only has one main character. And if you don't like that main character tough, cause he's like the only one there, it's like, okay, I don't like reigns, but I love AJ styles. So like, at least I'm still going to keep watching. Cause I want to see like the AJ styles story. Or I'm going to see this guy's story. Like there's other horses that you can back and you can still have Reigns be the golden boy, but he doesn't, you know, short of him holding every single belt simultaneously, you can still kind of cheer for other horses in this scenario. Yeah, and, like, just personally speaking, as, like, the only one on the show who still really doesn't like Reigns, apparently, um, (laughs) I know, like, my Reigns hate actually started (laughs) with Survivor Series 2014, the year where he broke, it was his first Survivor Series, and he broke Kane's record, for most eliminations in one Survivor Series match. And it was at the same time that they kind of transitioned Dean Ambrose from being the Trent, like the de facto leader of the shield to being like a joke who took all the losses. And the writing was on the wall that, Oh, it's, they're going to give reigns the big push. And then I remember like, like everything that you mentioned definitely added to it. But if you go back to watch the SummerSlam 2014 match that he had against Randy Orton right before uh, right after the shield broke up but right before he got hurt people were booing him then and it wasn't exactly like Orton was the most popular guy either and it was I think it was just like the writing was kind of on the wall and as much as people liked him in the shield he was uh, between the three I think people liked him the least and I remember too that when the shield first broke up Ambrose was mad and was feuding with Rollins and Rollins was the authorities, uh, like, you know, um, golden boy. But for no reason at all, the very next month after the Shield broke up and they had this big feud with Evolution, Reigns was in the six-man title match while Seth Rollins had to earn his title match by being in the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match. And it just seemed so backwards from a storyline perspective. And it was very, very, tra- like like you described it as the, you know, pulling the curtain back on the wizard. 
because it's like in storyline Seth Rollins the golden boy he should be gifted with the title shot but instead Reigns is given a title shot Rollins had to fight for a title shot and money in the bank and Dean was the only one feuding with Reigns or with uh Seth after the betrayal while Reigns ignored Seth for like four months while he chased the belt immediately so it was it was just also misguided and it is like 90% the booking yeah with that said I don't know he is not the worst wrestler in the world and that's like my I don't love him he's his storylines never really matter to me but I do get mad when people are like oh he's the worst fucking wrestler on the show and it's like no he's not the dude like in it when he's got a good opponent and he's like there are moments where I forget how good he is. Like there are those moments where you're just like, wow, he is really good at like getting you excited sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, the same could be said with John Cena. John Cena, it, it is really a, a how invested is he at that time on how much is he going to make me care? Cause there are, there are times where it's just a dude just going through the fucking motions in that ring. And then there's other times where like like every single match he had with AJ Styles or almost all of the US Open Challenge stuff. Like there are moments where you're like, oh, that's right. He's actually good. Like, But there's definitely like those moments where you're just like, oh, he's not invested in this. He doesn't care. And like it it's unfortunately reigns with the US title is kind of the spot where he should be. But he so clearly does not care about the U.S. title yeah. that it kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, for sure. All right, but I think that, I mean, we're, we're just a little over an hour and a half now, so I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Where can people go to check you guys out? I'm sure you guys will be tweeting just as much about wrestling as I do. So where are you guys hanging out on the interweb? Can I, can I just say one more thing? Sure. Dana Brooke in Titus Worldwide is fantastic, and I miss Ty Dillinger. What happened to Ty uh, Dillinger? Yes, to both of those. Yeah, I, he's just never on TV. Like he, he was in like uh, the first round of the uh, of the title uh, tournament, and but that was the first time he was on TV in quite a while. I feel like, and he hasn't been on TV since. Yeah, he's a, unfortunately he's gonna get released. I feel like he's gonna get released. Soon, like, I feel like I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I I just really like him. And no, uh, he's great. I I don't want him to get released. But and he had something with Mojo on Twitter where he like he tweeted at Mojo about like his loss or something like that. And then Mojo was like, "Oh, thanks for hitting me up. I forgot you still worked here or something." And it was like, I was like, "Oh my god, it's so true." <laughs> Apparently, everyone else has too because he's not. On, he's just not on the show anymore. Well, I mean, the Royal Rumble is the one event where you're reminded of like 15 people that you forgot worked there. So yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they kept him off TV for a while to surprise us with a Royal Rumble. Maybe win. he'll turn heel <laughs> because someone. Maybe he'll turn heel because someone else comes in at number ten and then he attacks him on the way to the ring because he's so <laughs> mad that they took his number. Um. Apparently, according oh, to his gonna, Wikipedia page, according to his Wikipedia page, his original, his very first entrance theme was, I believe, in a thing called "Love by the Darkness." And that <laughs> really? Made me really happy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm at D Cranavelt on Twitter, and uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm at Inu Joshua just about everywhere as well. I was going to talk about gaming platforms, but then I remembered this is the wrong podcast. <laughs> uh, how how long mean, do you think it'll be before we have the same amount of episodes for this show? Like six weeks. <laughs> Uh, and I am at St. Mort on Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, so join us in two weeks when we'll be a discussing what happened at the Royal Rumble and B talking about why we can't wait for the new Ms. and Maurice reality show, <laughs> Ms. and Mrs. 
Uh, tune in to Double Countout in two weeks. We'll be back on like a Sunday or Monday morning type deal. I think with this, uh, the show could use more Total Divas is, uh, is a big thing as well. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references?